Hello, everybody. Good evening. I, I'm Mark. <laughs> I'm Britton. Oh, we're just uh, a little bit worn out from the movie watch today, <laughs> but uh, oh well, let's, let's get started. So the movie we watched is something called Until the End of the World. Um, this was a movie that was a... a this was our first failure, our, our first, uh, the first movie we abandoned. This movie broke us so long ago when we were just trying to find all these bad movies to watch, yeah. and um, we we couldn't let that slide. So uh, we we went back and we uh, reevaluated it. Um, actually, put it on last night and started yeah. it, and uh, thinking like, all right, it'll just be. Like, we can get through this. We got through It's Pat. Yeah. We got through the Ouija experiment. We, we got, got through, through Gummo. Got through Toys. Like, we've gotten through a lot of movies. Yeah. Godfather 3. You know, we've gotten <laughs> through a lot of a lot of bad movies. Yep. So, uh, we figured we'd put it in. It won't be a problem. Like, two hours, we can do this. I looked at the, uh, I looked on the page on the Wikipedia, and I was like, okay, it's going to be two and a half hours, but I think we got mm -hmm. this. Now, two hours into the movie, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think this is wrapping up anything. Yeah, this is nowhere near uh, wrapping up. There's, They're adding new plot points. And so I was looking, and I realized that we were watching the four-hour and 40-minute version of the movie. Uh. It was basically three movies. I can't even say it in one, because they were separated into three movies. Yeah. They all had uh, they all had the, the intro uh, credits, mm -hmm. the same intro credits. And they even opened the same with like a recap of the movie prior. So yeah, we watched the entire until the end of the world trilogy, and, all um, five hours of it. And I have some thoughts. There is a lot to talk about, and um, I will say that like when we stopped this the first time, mm -hmm. it was maybe I think like an hour and a half into the movie. Uh, no, I, I want to say it was probably around the two-hour mark. You think it was? Yeah. Think it was, so we might have gotten close to the uh, the, to end, the of end of the first one. part one, and we just decided we can't do this anymore. Yeah. And after uh, after I guess preparing ourselves a little bit better over the years, we went back and I actually had to say that by the time we reached the point that uh, that we reached the first time, I yeah. can't say I was engrossed into the movie, but mm -mm. I didn't think it was so bad. At one point, I thought this was the worst movie we'd ever seen. Yeah, it, it kind of instilled a, a, a feeling of dread. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the movie that broke us. Like, the movie, like, it, it, and, you know, kind of going back, trying to get that monkey off our back. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, but it was, it, it, it wasn't, it was a journey. It wasn't too bad, but I will say that at four hours and forty minutes, yeah. it didn't need to be four hours and forty minutes. No, it most certainly did not. I really think you could have told that story in two hours or less. Yeah, and I, I think the the big issue with the movie is that there was just so much padding, just oh, yeah. so much stagnant scenes of people sitting around doing nothing, like, or, or 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 just. Just characters like it's. I want to say discussing nothing, but like Tarantino can somehow make discussing nothing engrossing, and yeah. this was this was just not engaging in the least in terms of dialogue. Like they had so many uh, moments where yeah. I, I think at least thirty to forty percent of the movie were just moments of characters sitting around and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the most action we see from Sam Neill, because Sam Neill's in this movie, yeah. it had kind of a like a, a decent cast. Yeah, like Sam Neill had William Hurt and it had mm -hmm. Max von Sydow. Sydow, I don't know how to pronounce his name. But uh, anyway, yeah, Lost in Space's uh, William Hurt <laughs> uh, you know, actually graced us with the presence in this movie. And... Uh, and it was just like Sam Neill spent ninety percent of his scenes just typing at a typewriter, or or plinking at a piano. Yeah, and uh, which I guess is a musical typewriter. <laughs> and that was about it. That's all he did. That was his character. It, it was really a waste of a Sam Neill. Uh, the the only other thing he was doing in this movie was chasing after a woman who wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, like... And helping her chase after the man that she's interested in. And that kind of doesn't want anything to do with her. Yeah. It was just it was just a whole ring around of people chasing after other people that just didn't seem to care. Yeah. It would have been really full circle if uh, William Hurt 
was chasing after Sam Neill and didn't want anything <laughs> to do with him. Then it would be kind of like this really yeah. weird, uh, I don't want to even say a love triangle. I'd say more of a love duck duck goose. Where hey, everyone's just kind of chasing a after A love each pyramid. Other. Yeah. <laughs> People all over the world join hands. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, uh, the pacing was definitely the one thing that like that I took away from this that made it a, a, a just not a good experience no. because like the story itself there really wasn't anything to it but yeah there was almost a kind of um like maybe in a different world or a different life maybe if the movie was shorter I could mm -hmm. have maybe gotten into this kind of laid back uh, almost atmosphere of just uh like, all right, you know, it's the end of the world kind of thing, but, yeah, you know, we're all just kind of going to sit here and maybe chill a little bit, play a few songs. We're just going to kind of relax while the rest of the world eats itself up. Yeah. And it's like maybe in a different, uh, in a different kind of uh, setting, it might have been enjoyable, but just in, you know, just to kind of sit there and watch it as a movie, it was uh, not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Sam Neill wasn't even even the main character. Even though he narrated uh, it. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, pretty much, yeah, again, the, he was, uh, there's a lot, a very, uh, Gatsby-type, uh, you know, feeling I get from this, like, the, the main, I forget the name of the main character, the, the girl. Claire. Oh, Claire. Uh, Claire is a very Daisy, yeah. like, character, like, how she's kind of taking, taking advantage of Sam Neill mm -hmm. uh, in order to, uh, get this other guy, which I guess, uh, William Hurt would be Gatsby. I, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. I guess this is where the analogy breaks down, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, yeah, just, and even, you know, even Claire has that, that unlikable, self-centered, almost, uh, you know, just very selfish uh, qualities of, uh, of Daisy mm -hmm. from Gatsby in that. The funny thing is, um... Because I know we were talking about this as we watched it, because yeah. I, I don't remember the name of the actress who played Claire, but I do remember she had a... Uh, she was, I think, either French or German. She had a name that was very, very difficult uh, to pronounce, so I don't even think I'm going to try. Because uh, I, I have a poor record with pronouncing <laughs> people's names. Uh, she definitely, you know, spoke a lot of French. Yes, so I, yes. Um, I'm presuming, like, I'm presuming at least she's French. So, like, in the first movie, because it really was three movies back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So, in the first movie, um, she was definitely more of that, uh, definitely had more of that Daisy quality, where she yeah. was, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say uh, dangerous, but she definitely was more um, taking advantage of Sam Neill yeah. and. Like, she was just spending money left and right. Yep. And then she was like, when she ran out of money, she'd go to Sam Neill and say, oh, can I have some more money? And then he'd mm -hmm. just kind of give it to her. And, you know, and she was just very, uh, I'd say borderline kind of unlikable in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And then in the second movie, like, she kind of settled down more. And, you know, and that was kind of like, you know, the thing for her rest of her character where she was just more of a... Uh, I don't want to say homemaker, but she was basically just taking care of this big man baby. Oh, uh, yeah. That was it, William Hurt. When they were in uh, Japan. It started in Japan, and then it was just literally for the rest of the movie. Like, everything he couldn't do, which was everything, mm -hmm. yeah. she would just take care of for him. And honestly, I, um, I kind of think that she was more interesting in the first movie when she was kind of more dangerous and, uh, I don't even say wild, but kind of more of that Daisy-esque uh, character. I, I get. Than there were other parts of the movies. I, I suppose, like the the big problem with the first, you know, the first uh, first movie is that she didn't really do anything but drive from you know from one country to the next. Yeah, she stole money. Yeah, but but she didn't really steal it. Somebody just gave her stolen money. Yeah, she uh, she's driving down the road, mm -hmm. and uh, she goes to pass a car on the highway and. Uh, the the freaking lummox throws a beer bottle and smashes her windshield <laughs> and it's a, a big accident, and that's what kicks off our plot. Yeah, so she's in a hotel room and uh, the this guy who I can only describe as a man who looks like the son of sloth from the Goonies <laughs> uh, comes in and just dumps a bunch of money on her bed, saying, "Here, this is yours now." Yeah, like. I don't know if she was to hold on to it or kind of traffic it somewhere. Like, it was not really clear what she was supposed to do with this money other than take 30% of it. Yeah, for 
a four and four hour and change movie, almost five hour movie. They really didn't explain a lot of anything. They just yeah. expected you to know what was going on. This is money from all these from a bank we robbed. Okay, you get thirty percent. Okay, all right, off you go now. <laughs> and then they track her mm -hmm. with this tracking device, and I, I really don't know. And then they form like, a band with her. Yeah, like it, it <laughs> like they're tracking her. They're you know tracing this money and they're you know make, they making sure that she's not gonna steal it from them and she doesn't she doesn't steal for a moment and they get their money back and everything is resolved without incident yeah. there was literally no tension for all this buildup it's like she takes her 30 percent and spends it and then that's it and she doesn't she gets it well she gets a stolen after a series of uh, one night stands with william hurt mm-hmm uh, like he steals a bunch of money when she when he when she picks him up as a hitchhiker, and so she hires a private investigator to chase him down, and then they sleep with each other, and he steals a bunch of money again and escapes, but now she has this uh, private investigator following her around much longer than she, that was necessary for her, you know especially because he was bitching about uh like i need to get paid for my job all right yeah. here you go i'll see you later just kidding now i'm interested in this adventure and like if you you know judging by the direction uh part one and part two went if you said that the third part would be you know, a science experiment trying to make the blind see through the most convoluted method of ma imaginable. Through a special magic camera. Yeah. And then being able to read people's dreams with that same magic camera. Like, it would have... Like, it would have fooled me. It's like, wow, these... It's almost like these, uh... It's like, because, yeah, movie one was just all about chasing down William Hurt. Yeah. Until she's finally like, alright, I got you now, I've cornered you. You're my boyfriend, damn it, whether you like it or not. And he's like, all right. <laughs> In movie two, it's like, all right, so now that you're my boyfriend, what do you want to do? Like, all right, well, um, oh. let's, let's, let's go to Australia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go to Australia, the out, the Australian outback. And then what? Uh, we'll fly a plane until we can't anymore. And then we'll find my father. Okay. And then movie three is, hey, I found my father. Let's do science experiments. <laughs> And meanwhile, throughout throughout the entirety of the entire trilogy is this looming threat of there's some Indian sat you know satellite from India, mm -hmm. uh, you know plummeting to Earth, and the United Nations is bickering because America wants to shoot it uh, shoot it out of the sky with a nuke, which I think is probably overkill, but uh, <laughs> you know far be it for America to do anything. Like Subtle. We don't do anything small, Britain. <laughs> we do it right the first time. <laughs> In fact, uh, I think that we should launch six, seven hundred nukes to make sure we get that. So, like, there, there's kind of this looming unrest with everyone uh, uh, you know, kind of worried about the, this nuke that's going to go off in the upper atmosphere. And eventually it does. Like, uh... Mm -hmm. It goes off, and a lot of electronics get shut down. It's like it starts an EMP. And yeah, and uh, everyone's calling it the end of the world, and, you know, there's, like, a little bit of radiation, and uh, that's it. Nothing really yeah. comes then, of it. Yeah, then it stops, and there's, like, like, a radio broadcast that says, All right, so everything was fine. Yeah, like, people form a band. Yeah. Like, all the main characters, like, get together in the Australian Outback, and... They form a band with like two yeah. didgeridoos, a piano, a didgeriduet, if you will. Ooh, <laughs> some drums from that weird French drum guy. Yeah, and then our main character Claire is singing, and I think I described when we were watching that I said that this is like going to Burning Man without being on drugs. <laughs> it just seemed weird. Yeah, what was it? The uh, traveling Wilburys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the traveling Wilburys is the group with uh, yeah. Tom like, Petty. And yeah, the, it, it's the. Yeah, you know, the uh, inversely proportional version <laughs> of the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, it's like the Traveling Wilburys if they didn't have any talent behind yeah. them. And had ditcheridoos. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, this is a very truncated version of what was basically four hours and 40 minutes. And I guess I, guess I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about yeah. the... I guess the final, I guess, act, the final plot point, 
which is they start being able to read uh, or record their dreams. Yeah. And then, like, view them afterwards, and these people, um, these characters become so obsessed with it that they can't tear themselves away from their screens mm. for, like, I, for more than a minute. Like, yeah, it becomes a, a problem with addiction. Yeah, and the addiction is just looking at your dreams. And I don't know about your dreams, but I know my dreams are not significant enough to warrant any kind of uh, withdrawal. Like, we would see nothing but teeth falling out, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, oh man, I remember that one, that one hurt. I thought my teeth were gonna fall out then. Oh, oh, my hair is falling out in this dream. This is, I'm sure, addicted to this dream. <laughs> oh, this is the one where I'm chased by a truck. Oh, it almost gets me. Ah, uh, it didn't get me. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sucked up in a tornado here. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is one where I'm having a tea party with a stuffed animal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, you know, this movie had, you know, the problem that you always address, if not worse, that most films do not know how to display dream sequences. Yeah, like, I've never met a movie or TV show or anything that yeah. that really could do a good dream. The closest I think I ever came to seeing a movie or TV show that was uh, that was really good with mm -hmm. or dreams, or at least close enough to dreams, was um, of all the weirdest Third Rock from the Sun. Really? Yeah, there was one episode, now not all, there was like one episode that they had um, all the characters had dreams for the first time because they were aliens from outer space mm -hmm. and they never had dreams before so they didn't know what to make of it because they don't dream in space I guess and all the dream sequences were done like they were filmed separately without like a laugh track or anything like that and yeah. there was more symbolism behind them they weren't perfect uh, representations but they were the best representations of dream I'd ever seen I still remember um, this was this was in a time where uh, 3D on TV was kind of like they were pushing for a little bit. I remember. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but like ABC would do this thing where um, we you had to get these special 3D glasses yep. from like cans of uh, like root beer or something. And, uh, <laughs> I remember. Uh, I plum forgot about that. And they were like they would have like special segments at the end. Like I remember there was one where Tim the Toolman Taylor was like <clears throat> pointing his tools at the screen and everything. Like haha, look at this. <laughs> And there was a very special episode of Drew Carey where Mimi's head exploded, but it was in 3D, <laughs> and he saw the confetti come at you. So, the third rock from the sun was kind of like this, where they, um, the 3D sequences were supposed to be viewed with certain glasses, but they weren't yeah. 3D glasses. They were special, like, clear glasses that kind of had, like, this oh, weird filter like to them. that, uh... I, like it's just like a kind of like a cheap hologram on there. Kind of like you look through them and yeah, things kind of like if the images matched up on a the screen, they look kind of uh, I guess more maybe added depth or something to them. Hmm. So, uh, and I remember that um, they 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 came specially in cases of Barg's root beer, uh, <laughs> and I remember that it was only for that third rock from the sun episode, and my grandmother lent me the pair. Because I want, we didn't have 3D glasses, and I couldn't find them anywhere. So, uh, so I wanted to look at the, all the like the Mimi's head exploding stuff yeah. in 3D, but I didn't have it, so I had to wear those stupid like clear ones, which didn't really do too well. They, they were okay, but they kind of made everything kind of like fuzzy. Yeah, you know. But um, she was like, "Now don't lose them, because I need them for my third rock from the sun." And so. This story has a happy ending. I didn't yeah. lose them. Okay. And we gave them back to her. Of course, they were all, like, folded up and bent and everything. <laughs> so, like, she probably didn't get the full enjoyment that she could have <laughs> had out of it if she didn't have grandkids. I can't have anything that these vermin won't destroy. Hey, I didn't lose them. You didn't say anything about destroying <laughs> them. We know exactly where they are. They it, got it, caught under the uh, lawnmower. It's kind of funny. Like, that was... Like, I guess phase, you know, like the third renewal of 3D. Mm -hmm. Like, you had the big 3D kick in the 50s yeah. and, you know, maybe the 60s. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, then you had the renewal. It came back in the 80s. Yeah, with like, uh, you had the movies that was like uh, Friday the 13th yeah, 3D. Jaws Jaws, 3D. Yeah, Jaws, like everything that was a 3 was a 3D all yep. of a sudden. So, and then, I guess they, they tried to bring it back in the 90s with, for uh, television. for television. Yeah. Until 3D TV came, and, uh, no one bought into that. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
then I guess the fourth wave would be a uh, fourth wave would be um, uh, James Cameron when he did Avatar. Well, then that was like everywhere. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, 3D TV. I mean, at home. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, I kind of consider that you know in the fourth wave since it's a- as 3D as you can get uh, w- with it being a legit viewing experience and not you know having to watch a movie in blue and red glasses. I, <laughs> I am kind of glad that the 3D phase has kind of died down. Yeah. Uh, because, like, I remember seeing a few movies, I was like, alright, let me let me see him in, uh, like, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean 4 in 3D, mm-hmm. and it was clearly not shot in 3D, they just added oh, yeah. something to make it in 3D, so it just looked like mud was on the screen all the time. <laughs> I remember watching it, and that movie wasn't good to begin with. And yeah. adding into the fact that I saw it in, like, this like weird brownish filter that just, like, <laughs> clearly wasn't ready for wasn't made for the 3D for effects that didn't really do anything 3D-ish. Yeah. And so I tried one last time with 3D when I went to see uh, uh, the Transformers okay. Dark of the Moon. And I was like, alright, I'm gonna watch an actual IMAX 3D movie mm-hmm. in the IMAX 3D and see how I like it. And don't get me wrong, that was really, really cool. There were yeah. some sequences I watched I was like, man, this is really cool, but this is not worth an extra, like, 15 bucks. Yeah, and... I remember I saw Prometheus in uh, in 3D, and it was good. Like it was not like an after you know a 3D done in post effect. It was shot in 3D, and the 3D was phenomenal. But the thing with 3D, I I learned after watching that is you just don't notice it anymore after like the novelty wears through very quickly. Yeah, and. Like it's and yeah, at that point it is not worth like that extra, you know, the extra money for the 3D experience, especially if you have to wear two sets of glasses. Yeah, like like us. Yeah, I, I kind of like I kind of miss the days in the uh, the 80s when they had um, the th- you know that that third or second wave of 3D. Yeah, you know, and like the horror movies when they would just have just the dumbest shit with like uh, I remember in Jason 3D mm. where they had like a guy sitting there and just doing yo-yo tricks and yep. it was like clearly <laughs> just going right at the camera and it served no purpose and in fact the first time I saw the movie I didn't know it was supposed to be in 3D because I rented it from Blockbuster yeah. so I was sitting there I was like why is this asshole like putting it like why is he doing his yo-yo thing and Jason would just start stabbing people but he wouldn't stab through him he would just like stab towards the camera <laughs> and then they would just react like they got stabbed and I'm like man this is a uh, silly stupid <laughs> Don't be yeah. wrong, these movies are stupid to begin with. I love them, but they're stupid to begin with, and now you're just... You're, you're really just making them awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but and, the other hand... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go on. Let's say, on the other hand, at the very least, they were trying to make use of the gimmick, because it is a gimmick. Yeah. At least they were trying to do something with it. It kind of makes me think back... Like, I remember uh, in Back to the Future... I don't know if it was back, you know, when he was in the 80s or back when he was in the 50s that there was just this fad where people would just wear the 3D glasses out and about. Mm-hmm. That was um, but that was when he was in the 50s. Yeah. The, uh, that was one of uh, Biff's bullies. Yeah, they, and that, that's just a weird thing. Like, what, that, that people would just wear the 3D I glasses guess in... So real world would be in three dimensions, I, I guess. I, but... <laughs> I, I wonder if that was just kind of like a teen angst, I'm going to purposely ruin my eyes type thing. <laughs> Fun fact, that yeah. the guy who wears the 3D glasses in uh, in Back to the Future, the bully, uh-huh. like in the uh, alternate 1985 where uh, Biff is like in ruler of yeah. Hill Valley, uh, that same guy is wearing sunglasses, but his sunglasses have like the blue and red huh. thing, so he's got like 3D sunglasses when he's like older and he's uh, running the show. Uh, so that's the, a nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, nice little attention to detail on their part, and in the uh, and in the Wild West one, the third one, he's missing an eyeball, so it makes it, that's actually not true. I was going to say <laughs> he had a blue and a red eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heterochromia, or one eye had pink eye. <laughs> it's like, man, that's a really good attention to detail. Look, like, I guess he always had. That'd be pretty <laughs> yeah, stupid. Get a Zemeckis on the deal, you're gonna get that level of detail. That'd be pretty stupid. Like, man, I guess Biff's gang always had. 3D eye guys. That's stupid. <laughs> Griff's gang didn't have anything 3D. And 2015's when they had 3D. Yeah, everywhere. I know. Well, I, I guess in their in their uh, universe, like they didn't need the glasses for 3D. They had the shark that yeah, uh, Jaws came out. Of the, yeah, 
Like, but for some reason, like they had uh, they had holographic technology, but the the caveat was that the the effects were awful. Yeah. Like it, it it looks so fake. It Not was, like modern t 2015. Like you know what? Say what you will. If I was Marty, I'd probably still be scared to death of that shark too. I I guess. Um, I okay. I think I'd be more confused than anything. I don't know. I think I'd have that initial like just be scared of a giant. You know, like who knows what 2015 is all about? You're scared of everything. Oh well, yeah. I mean, but if a shark came out of nowhere, even a fake cartoon shark, and started biting you, I think that'd be more terrifying than a real shark just flopping around on the on the floor. You know. I I guess I I probably would have assumed it was some kind of balloon at first. <laughs> I, Tried uh, to pop it. Like I, my brain would try and rationalize it in some manner. Like, uh, hmm, well, this is transparent, so it might be some kind of balloon or some kind of uh, lighter-than-air <laughs> vehicle of some sort. <laughs> the, uh... Now, here's the thing, like... Do you think that that, that uh, Jaws advertisement, that shark coming out, like... Yeah. Just kind of attacked random people? Because you could have liability there, attack some little old lady... <laughs> Just drops dead from the shark leg. I wonder how many pe how many lives that shark has claimed. Hmm, that's a that's a good. Qu qu I, I, maybe there's like uh, paramedics like on staff dressed like the uh, the sharks from the Cape <laughs> Perry uh, halftime show. So they just come out in these little shark costumes. Yeah, yeah that'll with a stretcher. Her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not meant to soothe her. It's meant to not have the other guests panic. <laughs> And it's like, you don't have to worry about getting sued, because there's no lawyers. No lawyers. Yeah, there's no lawyers in that universe. Oh, really? Yeah, that's uh, what uh, Doc Brown says. He says that uh, that's why his kid was thrown in jail, like, the next day. Ah. Because the justice uh, system moved swiftly, because they abolished all lawyers. Man. It's like... Yeah, pretty neat. I... I wonder what America would be like. Without lawyers? Uh, is, that, is that Simpson sketch? Yeah. <laughs> People now. I, 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 <laughs> I had something to say about the uh, about little old lady. To, back to the future. Oh, that's right. It wasn't wasn't Back to the Future uh, 3D. It was more uh, like what other kind of movies in 3D would be interesting at different time? Because I'm thinking big. I'm thinking you go with like Caligula. Yeah, I, I was about to say Caligula. You say Caligula yeah, I was going to say Caligula. Like, like, oh. Oh, that fish came right at me! <laughs> it's like... Imagine now, uh... Hmm. I'm sure there's actually some good movies yeah, that you can do in 3 Not, not just yeah, not, shtick movies. Yeah, not, not just like, you know, Beethoven. Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got Beethoven on the brain lately. You like your Beethoven. Or, uh... <laughs> or like... Actually, I was gonna say National Treasure, but I can't hmm. say for sure whether or not that movie was actually in 3D at any point. It was in that weird transition phase. It's like... I, I think... And hear, hear me out on this one. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm not a big fan of the movie, I do think it's a, it's a well-made movie. So I think uh, maybe something like Scott Pilgrim. First of okay, the world. I, I think I would actually be a really cool experience in 3D. Then, then again, I'm not sure it wasn't in 3D. Yeah. yeah I, I, that's again, again in that weird yeah. era where 3D might have been... like Because I, I know... I, like, I think Avatar kind of made it huge again in 2009. Yeah, so... When did Scott Pilgrim come out? Scott Pilgrim... I'll use I my wanna say, brain power. What's that? I'm gonna use my brain power while you think of it. I, I wanna say... Like, not that... Not that... <laughs> I, like, maybe 2010? Oh, it came out after Avatar. Uh, I'm guessing. Like, it, it really around the same time. It might have been a photo finish between the two. Yeah. Like, that was like, the big debate, whether or not... I remember Scott Pilgrim was going to come out before Avatar. <laughs> like, people died. The funny thing is, this is actually a true story here, because um, mm -hmm. they came out kind of around the same time. Um, the Last Airbender. I saw the, <laughs> I saw the trailer for Last Airbender with yeah. the, uh, you know, where it was like the kid just moving around. and like The I Shyamalan guess, one. Yeah, and like, you know, it was like the, like the trailer was just the kid up in the mountains doing his, I guess, airbending techniques. Mm -hmm. And... Pretty much, I remember everyone who saw that was like, yeah, this is going to be shit. Saw that trailer. But, um, I remember there was a, uh, I was watching television, and 
they were like, all right, we're going to count down. The new Avatar trailer is going to be out, uh, you know, during this program. We're going to have a countdown to it, like, you know, the commercial. And everything, yeah. So that whoever it was like American Idol or something like that, so that, you know, everyone would see it when it came out. And I was thinking, I already saw that trailer with the fucking kid. <laughs> uh, and you're like, I, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal. And I was like, oh, I might as well see it. And I saw the trailer. And I was like, huh, I'm, I don't think this is about the airbender anymore. <laughs> That man, that that movie was a real stinker too. Which Oof. one? Well, <laughs> uh, Avatar was underwhelming, but the the last Airbender oh, was just I loved it. Oof! It was that oh, such that, a that, great amount of bad. That, that Shyamalan level of bad. It was where, perfect bad. Oh, just where where you know someone did not take the creative writing class seriously. Like you, stand up. Okay. Tell me everything you know about Prince Zuko. And he gives a laundry list of all the uh, <laughs> characteristics of the guy so we know what he's like. He gives the complete bio you know, biography of the man. So that we don't have to we don't have to worry about show don't tell. It's like <laughs> that is literally just tell, 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 you know. And not only that, a, a series of really uncomfortable close-ups. Oh my gosh. Like I remember, I, I remember like just a, a real awkward close-up of Aang's face and you could almost count the pores mm -hmm. and which I, I, I'm wondering if it was just a technique so he didn't have to spend money on special effects of people I guess dancing with fire in the background <laughs> the, the thing about that movie is I will say that that was a a very bad movie yeah like have, this is we'll have to do another we'll have to do a cast oh, yeah. on that one uh Objectively, it was a bad movie. Oof, yeah. um, there was, you know, the writing was awful. Mm -hmm. The acting really wasn't great. The yep. special effects were laughable. But I will say that at no point was I bored with that movie. <laughs> no. Well, we, we kind of made it. Yeah, we made it, it fun. Yeah, we made it fun. But it was like there was never a moment that went by that I wasn't cringing or being like some <laughs> kind of angry and just like, I can't believe I just saw that. <laughs> like, what? What, what was that? They were dancing to throw a rock? You could have just <laughs> thrown a rock with your hands and expent less effort. You put the... You put the... I don't even watch the show. But I'm like, maybe you put the earthbenders. Maybe you shouldn't put them in a prison surrounded by dirt and, like, earth. Like, can't they break out? Or you just kill them. Yeah. You could do that, too. Uh, I just... So, yeah, but, again, like, I can say that... Despite how bad that that movie, the bad reputation that movie gets, like, yeah. it was never boring to me. Mm -mm. And I can say that is better than toys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take Last Airbender over toys any day of the week. It's like, oh, that's a popcorn movie, yeah. that Last Airbender. <laughs> like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? Like, though, on the other, you know, the flip side of that coin, like, you have Lady in the Water, oh. which was, which... Did nothing and went nowhere. That was awful. I think, I think it was even worse because we had a, we had a I guess a pretty nice sound system yeah. uh, for our television, and there was just like we had it all the way up and we couldn't hear what these assholes were whispering. Yeah, it was the the modern problem with film these days where uh, you have the the dialogue almost a whisper on the wind and the trumpeting fanfare of whatever special effect mm -hmm. like the you know people just barely above a whisper and then someone crunches a leaf under their under their and foot it, and it explodes <laughs> I remember we were watching uh, we were watching the Robocop TV show mm -hmm. in the 90s and I remember because uh, I know you control the volume when we watch yep. movies uh, you ride the remote. And, I, ride the, uh, I always ride the remote. He, he rides the remote. He he just he doesn't want to not ride the remote. <laughs> and uh, and you were telling me that you know I don't have to constantly change the volume for different things when people are talking or during the action sequences because the sound was better leveled almost. Yeah. Like man, if the '90s can figure it out, I guess they they weren't counting on people having totally bitching sound systems. I, I get well the. I, I think it comes down to everything is mixed mm -hmm. uh, differently. Like the you know, the RoboCop TV show uh, at most was mixed to stereo, which is perfect for our sound system because uh, we just have a stereo sound bar because you know, we don't need a 
giant booming sound system in an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Get the neighbors complaining yeah. about that. <laughs> Turn down the last airbender! Mama? For Mama's family? <laughs> Either I was a great mama or I was a terrible... I was, I was imagining just this old lady underneath <laughs> with like a broom. She's smacking on the thing, but we're turning up the last airbender like, Quiet! We can't hear about Prince Zuko! <laughs> you, you, old lady! What? Tell me everything about Prince Zuko. She just Prince Zuko was... <laughs> Prince Zuko was, uh, like, abandoned by his father after he did something very naughty. Like, it's a fugue state. She doesn't even remember saying it after yeah, she's she done. done. She's, like, mopping her brow. Where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay away from my daughter. <laughs> um, what a stinker. We got... <laughs> We gotta have more old ladies over. No, we don't. We don't need to have. No, we don't have. To just have, have any a bunch old of old ladies over. in here to watch movies. What are you bickering about you know, bickering with each other and talking about yarn. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I don't it's know. Like they, I, don't a, have, I don't think I've ever watched. They, they just gossip and knit. Like I, <laughs> like the oldest person I've ever watched movies with was like my grandmother. And, uh, like, those are movies, like, in the movie theater, so she really wasn't talking too much. You know, she was just laughing at, Oh, that genie's funny in this movie, Aladdin. Um. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Kazam. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, uh, my, you know, I used to, uh, go sometimes to movies with my aunt. And yeah. And she would take us, and my aunt was a much more emotional person. So I remember she took us to see Free Willy, mm -hmm. and she was bawling her eyes out when, uh, when they captured Free Willy. Like, when they uh -huh. captured Willy in the very beginning, and I was like, oh, okay. But uh, my grandmother, she was like, you know, she wasn't like, she was just laughing. She was laughing when they caught him. Yeah, she thought it was funny. <laughs> you know, she was like, I remember that whale blubber was good for those lanterns. <laughs> Keep you warm in the winter. Those were good. Those were good days. Like, life is a lot less sad when you survive a depression. <laughs> Like, although I will say that one time uh, I was eight years old and I brought over uh, to her house because we were staying the night and I mm -hmm. brought over my favorite movie at the time when I was eight years mm -hmm. old, which was Terminator 2. <laughs> and we put it in the little VCR and we started watching and she didn't get very far before she made me turn it off because she didn't like all the cursing. Yeah, there's like, definitely a lot of that. Yeah, it was the, the scene she made me turn off was... Um, the uh, where she was yelling like she was on the tape yelling at uh, <laughs> Dr. You're Sullivan. all dead. Yeah, and she was like, "This isn't a very good movie." I was like, "You're out of your mind, old lady." This <laughs> <laughs> is one of the best movies ever made, actually. Uh, I do remember being, a, you know, very uncomfortable as a kid with all the cursing. Like, like I, like it was something I shouldn't have been uh, hearing. Yeah, like we were heathens, so it didn't matter to <laughs> us. Like we were, we were like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck the man, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Oh, I didn't even... I think that was probably the first movie I, I heard the F-word in uh, when I was a kid. That's a, that's a good that's a good uh, thought experiment, because I don't remember the first movie I heard the F-word in. Like, hmm. man. Like, because it was definitely before that. Like, I, I mean, my, my, <laughs> my parents painted with it like it was, you know... <laughs> yeah, my parents kind of avoided it. Like, they, they loved that word. They, um, like, they sewn it into our underwear and everything. <laughs> like, it was... Like the, it was, you know, it was a magical word. It's on to your them. birth certificate. Yeah, you changed it legally. <laughs> Old fuck the landry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I was always watching R-rated movies, like you know, from a very young age. So yeah, same here. Like, so I definitely, I know I definitely saw the Freddy movies when I was before I saw the uh, Terminator Two. So yeah, hmm. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that I probably saw. Uh, probably saw in a Freddy movie. That, that's my guess. I, I don't, I, I don't think it was uh, any of the Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that, that is the earliest conscious memory I have of, of the first f bomb being dropped in a in a film. I, I remember it was also the same time that uh, that uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, was out mm. and they dropped oh, yeah. the f bomb okay. in that. And um, even though it was PG thirteen, and I don't, I think that movie came out. Actually, that might have come out in 91. So it might have come out yeah. before Terminator 2. Um, so even if even if Prince of Thieves was the first yeah. F-bomb I ever heard, 
and it was, you know, fuck me, uh, he cleared yeah. it, which uh, as a kid, I was like, he was saying, fuck me, Clarence, like it was like an expression, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, bust my buttons or something, yeah. like, uh, like, no one gets to see the wizard, that's Dorothy. Oh, fuck me, Clarence! Why didn't you say so? Come on in! <laughs> now that, then again, I might have heard the F-bomb and, like, follow that bird. <laughs> the blue bird yeah, of fucking he, happy like, unhappiness. <laughs> so, he's so, uh, so sad, he's just singing the blues and dropping F-bombs. <laughs> See, you would think that blue, big bird would say the F-bird, F-bird, the F-bird. <laughs> The F-Bird and the Jayhawk. Those are my <laughs> secret identities. No, uh, you may think that, um, Big Bird would say the F-Word in that movie, but... See, I think the obvious Sesame Street character to drop the F-Bomb would probably be... Snuffleupagus. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yeah, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar seems like the... Wow. Oh, oh, fuck me Clarence in this trash can. <laughs> this is awful. Like, oh, look, a fucking rat. <laughs> Like, oh, you, you're such, like, Oscar, what are you doing? Hey, leave me alone, I'm just trying to get my, <laughs> I'm just trying to live here. Well, that's really sad. <laughs> who, who is the guy that would carry him around? Someone would carry yeah, Oscar there, there would the be the garbage man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if this was, you know, on Sesame Street. There's occasionally a guy that would carry him around in the trash can. He just looked like, uh, you know, some... Teamster Muppet, and I, I don't, I genuinely don't know if that was on the show, on Follow That Bird, or on Sesame Broadway. Street on Ice that I had on tape as a kid. Like, I guess they couldn't just have a trash can rolling down the ice. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say now? The, uh, do you think that Oscar is... Just a Muppet who lives in a trash can, or do you think he's made of garbage? Uh, I... Hmm. Like sludge and slime, and he just kind of formed into Oscar. That's a good question. Because I guess... I guess I never thought of him as, like, just made of sludge, like a monster <laughs> made of sludge living in the trash, but... Maybe. Maybe that was the intent. I want to say that the trash can itself is a portal, and on the... Like, it's Oscar the Grouch. It's a portal. And... Like what? Always a portal. Yeah, it's a portal, <laughs> and on the other side, like yeah, it's a, Os the head of Oscar the Grouch is poking out, but behind, you know, below the portal is like some Lovecraftian horror. The rest, <laughs> you know, with the rest of his body, he's got tentacles. Yeah, and he can't make it. That's the only reason he hasn't taken over because he can't make it through yeah. the rest of the trash uh, can. Like, so, you know, you know, back in the turn of the century, some cultist, you know, recited the incanta you know, incantation, but never got finished. It was the, uh, actually, I think that he came to space in the same garbage pan that the, or garbage, uh, can that the garbage pail kids came out of. <laughs> That's right, they did come yeah, from- Yeah, they came out of garbage, uh, garbage pail, and, uh, like- But he was malformed. <laughs> <laughs> there was two garbage cans, I guess, sent through space. <laughs> like- it's actually kind of that'd be an interesting uh, take on it if you if you think of it like it's not that they were summoning him it's just that it's the only vessel that can contain him with from destroying the earth well <laughs> or like the incantation was not finished but like the the portal had to go somewhere so it kind of just found its way <laughs> to this trash can and he just can't make his way through yeah. see I imagine that see I imagine that um he started doing the, the portal, and, you know, he started doing it, and Oscar started coming out, but, you know, because it was, like, the 1800s, it was such a horrible, you know, sight to the guy, <laughs> that the guy dropped dead from fright. Because that's what, you know, or he went babbling mad, because that's what happens in all yeah. those uh, Lovecraft stories. And, like, Oscar wasn't able to finish his way through, and <laughs> someone just kind of, like, stuck a garbage can over <laughs> Over the portal. Yeah. And he's like, all right, now, he just dusted his hands, like... That'll take care of that. And for you know, to this guy's credit, it's 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 worked so far. Yeah, yeah. For decades, he's there, and no wonder he's so miserable. He can't. He's <laughs> stuck in between worlds. I just want to go home. Oh, Oscar, you are home. No, back to clock, clock, clock. <laughs> oh, you mean Sesame Street? No, 
Oh, <laughs> you listen to me. Why don't you listen to me? They just put the lid back. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. That's why we don't write any episodes yeah, on that, Sesame Street. This is why we couldn't write "Follow That Bird" <laughs> because there would be a Lovecraftian twist at the end. Although, to our credit, yeah, I could totally see the Bluebird of Happy of Unhappiness being something that we would write. Yeah, we would be in that writer's room just bawling with laughter at <laughs> Big Bird being sad. It's funny because he's so jolly. Yeah, exactly. And now they just—you think they threw blue paint on it? Like, uh, of course they did. Where are they gonna, you know, spend the money to dye his feathers? Of they, course, it's it's spray paint. Yeah, they. Oh, I was thinking more like a like a carry type thing, where yeah, <laughs> it's like it's blue pig's blood or something like that. No, it, it's on. either that or when Big Bird's sad, he just turns blue. <laughs> it's just a it's a thing that occurs. It just it never really comes up a lot because he's always happy. <laughs> yeah. So he's always just bright yellow, but. uh... Once they chain him up a little bit, make him <laughs> sing songs he doesn't want to sing. Was he in a cage? Yeah. <laughs> That's not funny, it's just you know, uh, it's pretty funny. It is actually, like a nine-foot bird in a cage, like, singing the blues. Just chained up. <laughs> like, Big Bird, the happiest, uh, the happiest Muppet on planet Earth, is now so sad that he's changing colors, he's molting. <laughs> <laughs> he's like one of those bald, uh... He's like one of those those bald parrots. <laughs> There's patches of feathers just missing from him. <laughs> and he keeps on biting at the same spot, and the mean <laughs> owner keeps hitting with a newspaper. Keeps pecking at a mirror. <laughs> like, when he becomes too rowdy, they put a very big tarp over his... And he just goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, he's got sentience. I don't know why he keeps doing this. He's dumb. Yeah. It's childlike. <laughs> I, I do, I do kind of want to know the lore behind Big Bird and and all of Sesame Street. Like, I know, I guess, I guess they're all monsters. <laughs> like, I, not I know just Elmo. Yeah, not just Elmo and, and and Grover, but like, are 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 they all monsters? They <laughs> well, one's just a bird. Like, one's a vampire, I guess. A vampire's yeah, a monster. Like, uh, like I. The, the person who locked up uh, Big Bird in a cage, like, once the other, like, Sesame Street gang members come... Yeah. Like, do you think that he was like, oh, 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 like, dollar signs in his eyes, like, all right, I'll get the fucking woolly mammoth, I'll put him in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the fucking blue thing, the the, the, the the blue thing that eats the cookies, the monster that eats cookies, I'll just... Uh, I don't know what I'll do with him, he'll be in a... He'll be behind glass. Uh, I... What would you do with the Cookie Monster? I, I imagine he Feed him cookies and just pay people to watch it. <laughs> do that with any fat ten-year-old. <laughs> like sneak some edibles into the uh, Cookie oh Monster. Oh my god! Oh, oh! It's hard to hit me now. Oh, oh! oh. <laughs> Everything is so fast. <laughs> it becomes a philosoph uh, philosophical. Uh, <laughs> the universe started. From a single quark. And it will soon end in a single quark as well. We are but a mote of dust. <laughs> Turns into Yoda. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what Yoda... Yoda was just really high all the time. <laughs> no, man. Try not. You know. Do. Or do not. <laughs> I don't know, you know. <laughs> I know, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like he's just smoking with... Uh, Smoke with Luke. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to lift this thing. No! No! <laughs> your mind, it's just... No! <laughs> your muscles, you know? But not your mind, you know? I know, man, but... Uh, I'm gonna do... I'm gonna do a handstand. No! I'm gonna do a handstand, I want you to stand on me. God, like that hurt! That's the secret of the Jedi Order. <laughs> that they just get high and, and think stoners. they move things. Yeah, that's what makes them. That's why they're so arrogant in the prequels. They're <laughs> so they 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 got high and sp you know talked about philosophy yeah. for a few hours, and s now they think they're all you know high and mighty. They, they think they're the the premier intelligence <laughs> in the universe. Man, have you even smoked this and thought about who you are, man? It's like they 
you know, they, uh, they, they spend, uh, whenever they go to their chambers to meditate on things, it's just them getting stoned. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about DMT. Nah, man, we always talk about that. No, no, hold on. Let's put some Floyd on, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, we're all one with the universe, you know? All of us. The rock, the trees, the stones. We're all part of this force. A force! Yeah. Oh, man. I'm freaking out. It's all right, uh, man. It's all right, Yoda. I gotta it's come right. down. It's all right, Yoda. It's all right, Yoda. It's all right, Yoda. <laughs> He calls the doctors, and he goes to the hospital because he thinks that he's having a freak out. <laughs> they, have, they have to strap him down and sedate him. <laughs> they put a spoon under his tongue. <laughs> oh, uh. man. oh man, oh man. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what happened, man. We just, we had a little bit of smoke, you know, but, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was that that Luke trying to explain it to the doctor? <laughs> I don't know. He, like, this doesn't happen, man. Dude, he's like 900 years old. You can't be giving him this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine there's regular paramedics, you know, that you'd get anywhere, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just <laughs> there's just no nonsense. So you, you gave a 900-year-old person edibles. Are you out of your mind? You're going to kill him. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I thought that, you know, he's he's... Oh, that's Yoda. You know, my ghost told me to give it to him. <laughs> Your ghost? What's what's a ghost? A ghost, you know, like my friend, he died, got his head cut off. And uh, that's actually when I started uh, doing the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw his ghost and then I, I killed like, I killed like, I killed like, like 300,000 people, man. I killed, <laughs> I killed a whole space station of people. <sighs> okay, yeah, just don't give the old guy cookies anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these people, these Jedi. <laughs> I thought we got rid of them all. Like, Darth Vader is just a... He's just like a narcotics he's a, officer. He's a DA. Yeah. <laughs> the DEA. Yeah, the, the DEA. <laughs> Darth... Or... Uh, I had something I got wrong. I was gonna say Varth Deator, but... That's not how you spell his name. Varth Deator. <laughs> <laughs> the Emperor's the Grand Narc. He's the, uh, he's the Attorney General. Actually, he's, he's really more of a pusher. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I guess so. In, like, Episode 9, he was hooked up to all these, you know, needles and, and, yeah. and, and drugs and stuff like that. It's like, please, I, somebody kill me. And, man, what, did he look like he was methed up? Yeah. He was all methed up, indeed. <laughs> Somebody, please just kill me. Yeah, that's, that's Davy Jones also. Well, that's kind of the his his story arc throughout the entire yeah. nine movies is just begging someone to kill him, and nobody seems to be able to do it. Like, yes, Vader will kill me. I'll train him to turn on me. And it's like three movies later, it's like, all right, this guy's not gonna do it. Uh, maybe his son, <laughs> maybe his son will. Like, ah, oh, come on, kill me. Come on, he's like pushing him like in a in a schoolyard. Come on, kill me, come on. Come on, stab me. Stab me. Stop. And, and to his credit, like, Luke nearly does. Hey, he, he gets his sword and Vader stops and he's like, Ah, what are you doing? <laughs> he nearly did it. Like, I always thought it was funny, like, you know, that, uh, you know, when Palpatine's like, it was I who told the Rebel Alliance about the shield generator. Like, imagine Darth Vader's like, Why? Why would you tell them that? <laughs> it was I who told them about the weakness on the first Death Star. I just... I want this to be over. <laughs> Which... Now that I think about... <clears throat> that, that's a bit of a plot hole for... Uh, Rebel One. Or Rogue One? Yeah, Ro yeah Rogue One, rather. Like, if Palpatine was the informant all along, <laughs> yeah, the about the uh, the first thing, like, yeah, he was making sure that it happened. Like every time they encountered resistance, you'd be like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? All right, uh, we'll magic our way out of this. We'll find some kind of ex machina. Yeah, or maybe it's maybe he was just getting really senile. Like, yes, I gave him the codes or they told them about the weakness, and then ten minutes later. How'd they find out about the weakness? <laughs> Vader, go get them! Oh, 
Okay. I, I also imagine that, um, like, maybe if they had two shield generators, maybe, in Return of the Jedi, things would be a little bit better. Like, like we, tell the rebels about the one on the planet, but don't tell them about, you know, the other one. <laughs> or maybe if they had the shield generator, I don't know, in the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, like, like, Lucas was like, yeah, okay, he's probably writing it, like, and then the shield generator's in the Death Star. How do they get through? Mm. The shield generator's on Endor. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, why, why would you have the shield generator on Endor? Like, why? Like, every other thing that has shields has the shield generator on the thing that has shields. It's like, the Super Star Destroyer has a shield generator on, like, a moon 400, <laughs> like, light years away. Although... Like, no one's gonna go destroy and deactivate that. It's like, everything that has shields has a tiny comet following it with a <laughs> shield generator on it. It's like, uh, it's like, it it's 400 light years away, so it takes a long time for that signal to, you know, to get there. So, it's gonna take, like, even if they destroy it, there's that shield's gonna be on there for years. <laughs> it's not gonna be an instant down. And also, they could have put a shield around the shield generator. Like, there's a lot and of have ways- have that shield generator on the Death Star. Like, <laughs> like it was like, the Death Star shield generator is pointing at the Endor. Yeah. And then it's pointing back, like, yeah. There are several ways that they could have won that fight. You know, I actually, maybe not a second Death Star. I don't know, did you guys ever think of that? Like, the first one was kind of a, you blew up one planet and you called it a day. It blew up one planet before it was decommissioned. So, maybe not do that again. Like, I don't know, I-, I I guess they needed something big to blow up, <laughs> and they're like, maybe make the Emperor the size of the moon. Like, imagine <laughs> trying to fight that Emperor. I, That's like, no moon. That's I, the Emperor. Like, he transforms, like, like, the Death Star becomes a part of him, he becomes like Unicron. Yeah. From, from Transformers. That'd actually be interesting. Like, it would be different. I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel about that if, like, the, the... You know, if the uh, Death Star kind of shifts and moves and you know, forms around him so he's a giant robot punching planets. I think that would be... Uh, on one hand, it would definitely be a, uh, a step into a more ridiculous yeah. type of science fiction uh, action. But on the other side, I think that would be a welcome ridiculous... Like, if they would have... I gotta tell you this much. If they would have ended yeah. Episode Nine or had Episode Nine with, you know... A giant planet forming around Palpatine, and he's just a giant planet that's punching other planets. <laughs> I would say that it might have saved the movie for me. It, like, you know what? This is a new idea, and I respect that. I I would be very confused, but it, at, at least it would have been it would have taken Star Wars out from up its own ass. It would have been memorable at least yeah. instead of all right. What's your final thing? Uh Star Destroyers. Well, we've seen Star Destroyers since the very first movie. How about a thousand Star Destroyers? Right. Yes, we've seen that since the first movie. Like, the only cool thing he did was, like, electrocute everybody. But it yeah, just kind of... It just kind of made the ships turn off. There was no lasting damage. Yeah, like, and then... Oh, no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, though it's... It, it, it's kind of hard to, you know, beat that... You know, a planet-killing machine. Um, I, it, I would have a... <laughs> I would have the flu. He gets the flu, but it's a, like a Martian flu kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I guess you would have to up the ante. Like, something that would destabilize the galaxy. Yeah, I would like, make it... Uh, if we... It would be a... Uh, they create a black hole and it sucks him into it. Oh, that'd be awesome, actually. What, a black hole the size of a galaxy? Well, I mean... Maybe not the size of a galaxy, but he's a planet, so maybe a black hole the size of a regular star. And mm -hmm. if he's a planet, you know, like, he's... Uh, although he's not a very good planet, like, he's not really a threat if he's just going in orbit. Like, I'll get mm -hmm. you soon. <laughs> just wait 75 days. <laughs> I'm back. Where you... Uh. So, yeah, if he was a planet that could kind of move on his own... Maybe like uh, kind of like the Death Star, where he's got like machinery. Uh, oh, he—I imagine he would have like rocket boots. Then, <laughs> then yeah, I would say a you know a solar system-sized black hole mm. that slowly pulls him into it. Like that's how they do it. 
No, no, no. And that's it. Hmm. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun ending. And on that note, until the end of the world. Uh. Four hours and forty minutes of padding. Uh. I know there's a shorter version of the movie. I don't want to watch it, but I feel it's probably better and better paced. Uh, pretentious, mm -hmm. uh, overly complicated, uh, needlessly, uh, needlessly long. Mm -hmm. uh, if if you like artistic movies that are going to monopolize a good chunk of your day, then that's for you. All right, so. Uh... That's it. See you later. Good night. That'll hold a little less OPs.